Yeah, 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 yeah. Making her way to the mic. They start dimming the lights. You start feeling alright. From Birmingham, home with the Teddy Longs and the Ruben Stutters. More once you discover. For all of the lovers, Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns. For all of the lovers, Mickey James and Marvin Gaye. For all of the lovers, and Sasha Banks, Janelle Monet, Silk Sonic and Paige. Allow me to say. Love. I just found a place we'd escape Every one of us, I was kinda late I just made it off the struggle bus Walking by the fate, cause I know it's right in front of us Yo, I ain't with the hate, gotta focus on what's great Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Hardy is on the air Had to drop a couple bars just to make you all aware So, sit back, relax, enjoy the show You know I go by Joe or the rest of Wow, this screen. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to the newest episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl, Stephanie Hardy. Of course, if this is your first time listening and or watching, welcome to The Vibe, and I'm so happy to have you here. And of course, if this isn't your first time listening or watching, thank you for being supportive of me and my wrestling career and the growth of this amazing platform known as the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Of course, on the bottom of your screen, if you're watching, my name below has host, writer, and Virgoat. That means that this is, of course, Virgo season, which started last month, but this is the first day of September when this is recording. So I am so excited that it is the first day of September because it is such a beautiful month. Um, and most of all, my birthday is coming up. My birthday is Monday on Labor Day, and I'll be turning 30 years old. So I really am excited, and I am a part of the Virgoat community. Michael Jackson was a Virgo. Kobe Bryant was a Virgo. Beyonce is a Virgo. Zendaya is a Virgo. So many people, so many iconic people in life, period, whether in, in wrestling or out, are Virgos. And it is our season to celebrate ourselves. So, yes, it is Stephanie Appreciation Month. <laughs> so, of course, if you want to celebrate Stephanie Appreciation Month by sending me a loving message, you know, giving me like a random little gift or something like that, or just seeing, just giving me something positive, like a positive reinforcement, I would really appreciate that during this time because my life is going through a little bit of a rebuilding situation. But at the same time, you know, I'm always here to talk about some wrestling because, of course, I am your chill podcast positive and passionate wrestling girls. So welcome to the vibe. Now, of course, this show is going to start with news and gossip-ish because there is still so much to address and talk about over the past week. Now, of course, last weekend, your girl had a show to do. I was at Spartan Wrestling doing commentary. Shout out to that crew, Joe Crow. Shout out to Luis Torres, who was an amazing commentary partner who definitely challenged me and made me have to like really step up up a whole lot because he has a really strong presence on that microphone. He is definitely the voice of Spartan for a reason, but I was able to go with the flow and still, you know, 
move as best as I could on the commentary microphone. So, of course, if you're looking for any unique type of passionate commentary at any of your wrestling shows, please book your girl. Um, yeah, because I'm open to any and all commentary jobs. But, yeah, that's the reason why I didn't have an episode last week. But I'm here now. And what an amazing time to come back and what a crazy time to come back too because it seems like in wrestling there's just been so much transition whether it be for the good or for the bad or even for the tragic and it's just a crazy time right now and a pretty emotional time but of course i'll get more into that a little bit later so for news and gossipish, I of course want to give a huge shout out to Awesome Kong, who is a Impact Wrestling Hall of Famer, multi-time Knockouts Women's Champion, and of course, if you watch WWE, you know her as Karma, and of course, Kia Stevens as an actress because she was on the first three seasons of the Netflix series Glow, and she was an amazing talent on that show, and she is probably one of the best women's wrestlers, you know, in all of history, right? So. She made a really cool announcement on social media saying that she would be returning to the ring for Impact's 1000th episode, which will be taking place, I believe, next weekend. And this shocked me because she made she just so happened to make this announcement on the same day, which celebrated sort of like the second or third anniversary of NWA's Empower event. Now, for those who may or may not remember, NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, actually um, created and produced a wrestling show alongside legend Mickey James which was an all-female um, women's show, and it was absolutely beautiful. I had the pleasure of being there and working media for the very first time with Women's Wrestling Talk then. And Awesome Kong really surprised everyone with her presence there as she came to fight for the defense of Gail Kim, who she has a storied history with in terms of the Impact Knockouts division. And she announced that she was going to be retiring. And that was a very emotional moment. We were all crying. It was just a lot going on. <laughs> but it was beautiful. Beautiful. And then I also just so happened to interview her that weekend too. And she was an amazing, you know, person to interview um, during that weekend. And that was also the first time I was featured on Fightful Wrestling on that website um, for her announcement of her retirement. So that was an amazing time. So yeah, she's coming back to wrestle in the ring. And not only is she coming back, she's also coming back to, she's also going to fight in the ring alongside Gail Kim, who is going to be coming back to the ring and participating in basically a multi-woman tag team match, which also includes the Knockouts Women's Champion Trinity, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, and a number of other knockouts that we are definitely used to seeing from the past and the present. I also believe the beautiful people will be in that match as well. So it's definitely going to be a celebration of Impact's Knockouts division of the past and the present mixed together all into one thing. And I'm very excited about that because Impact wrestling definitely deserves you know this type of celebration 1000 episodes like that is a pretty killer accomplishment like that's an amazing thing to be you know on television for that longer period of time and then of course you know they have been through so many ups and downs with wherever they're going to be broadcast and stuff like that but they have sustained and remained consistent with some of the best women's wrestling that anybody has ever seen so i am definitely proud of them for reaching 1000 episodes and of course this is going to be in white plains new york um i'm not familiar with that part of new york but of course if you're in the new york area 
you know, buy your tickets, go and enjoy that impact show. I know um, a certain sister of mine who I work with in women's wrestling taught Nikki Bougie isn't entirely too thrilled about them being in New York because she would prefer if they were just still in Tennessee. But either way, um, it's an amazing deal. So big congratulations to Awesome Kong and to Gail Kim for returning to the ring almost three, almost two or three years to the day that they both, you know, had that moment together at NWA Empower. Like, that was amazing and very emotional for me to see. But I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the OGs. Also in the news, of course, you know, well, yeah, that's that's the flyer for Impact um, 1000 episode. So, yeah, they're going to have an entire thing at Westchester County Center in White Plains, New York. So please be on the lookout for tickets if you want to go to that and just celebrate Impact Wrestling. Like, they definitely deserve it. So celebrate them in that way. Also in the news, we have Miss EST, the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair, taking some time off. Now, of course, the last time we saw her was on the episode of SmackDown that was after SummerSlam. And, of course, she fought um, tooth and nail um, in a tag team match with Charlotte Flair against both against two members of the damage control as Bailey and the women's champion EO Sky um and basically after she won that match she was she was backstage about to talk about you know what her plans were for trying to get back into title contention but before she got started with that she was beaten down by damage control backstage and they re-injured her knee that wound up injured at SummerSlam in that triple threat match. And ever since then, we haven't seen her on television. And it's really sad because, of course, if you love Bianca, as we do, it's really sad when you don't see her. But, of course, um, Fightful Select um, did report that the damage control attack that focused on Bianca Belair's knee on the August 18th episode of SmackDown was meant to write the EST out of storylines for the time being. And it is a means of keeping her off of television for her planned hiatus. And... Yeah, what's being reported is that now she's sort of taking a break and um, sources were unsure how long Bianca would be gone, but they were also telling Fightful that she could be out of action anywhere from a few weeks to possibly three months. But honestly, she deserves this break. Bianca definitely deserves a break. She has been a consistent workhorse, you know, within the WWE ever since she won her first SmackDown Women's title against Mercedes Monet, who was known as Sasha Banks back then in that history-making um in that history-making pay-per-view at WrestleMania in 2021. She has been absolutely consistent, only taking few breaks in between. She won the Raw Women's title at WrestleMania last year and retained it this year. And it's just, she's really been consistent, you know, popping off, winning things, even sometimes losing things, filming commercials, doing everything she possibly can to carry women's women's divisions on, their, on her back and carrying WWE on her back. And she has lots of endorsement deals and of course her and her husband Montez are set to have you know a reality show set to come out pretty soon so she kind of deserves this break she deserves to take some time for herself and relax because she really has been going ham ever since they gave her the ball so shout out to Bianca Belair for taking some time for herself and I can't wait to see what she does when she does come back and then I also noticed on social media a few weeks ago, there was this one dude 
who I used to follow on TikTok, but don't follow no more because he showed his reaction to Bianca getting attacked by damage control. He had some pretty disparaging comments to make, talking about her as super Bianca. And she was like, yeah, let's see. And he was like, yeah, let's see you come back from that. And I was just like, yeah, you're doing way too much, sir. And I'm gonna need for you to hush when it comes to Bianca. Don't do too much. So yeah. This seems like a way for her to take a break. But of course, when she comes back, she is going to kick all the butt and be the EST that we know and love her to be. So yeah, I'm big ups to her for taking some time off. Also in the news, we had my other WWT host sister and also writing sister, Lyric Swinton, shake the table a little bit on social media when it came to um, All In. Now, of course, AEW had their one of the biggest events they've ever had so far um, with All In in London, which, of course, had amazing matches, including their main event, which was MJF versus Adam Cole for the AEW um, world title properly because of course you know CM Punk is carrying one but that one's not exactly the most official one so we're just going to leave that there um and then of course it also had a women's title match with Soraya versus Tony Storm versus um Hikaru Shida and um Oh my gosh. And Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And that was an amazing moment as well. And then Mercedes was also in the audience watching the match as well. So it was just um, an all around really historic event for AEW to have, considering they're a company that only just got started a few years ago. This was a pretty big accomplishment for them, you know, and I, and that could never be taken away. But what Lyric did my girl Lyric, she was at the media scrum for All In. And of course, if you've watched press conferences, that's where um, the owners of different companies will sit in the middle or certain wrestlers will sit and answer questions from the media that's there that covers wrestling and all the above. And thankfully, you know, and in a very amazing accomplishment, Women's Wrestling Talk was able to have representation there. And Lyric asked Tony Khan, the owner of AEW and the booker of AEW, you know, with the presence of that fatal four-way match um, for the AEW Women's World title, you know, will the women have, you know, a better presence in their episodes, you know, going forward and in their live events going forward? And of course, Tony answered the question, I guess, as best as he could have, you know, but not necessarily to a point to where it gave like a specific answer, which is a lot of, which a lot of people says is something he's very notorious for. And because Lyric asked that question, it kind of shook the table on social media a little bit on Twitter known as um, X now. There were some people who felt like maybe she shouldn't have asked the question or probably felt like maybe she should have just focused on, you know, or maybe she should just focus on what actually did happen or better yet, try to gaslight her and make it seem like she's not focused on the other women's wrestling that is taking place in other promotions like um, Impact or like, you know, Mission Pro Wrestling or at any other all women's promotion or even in WWE. And that was just really terrible and it felt very gaslighty and none of us liked it. I didn't like it. I just felt like it was gross that a lot of people were turning on Lyric and making it seem like her question was something that was just shouldn't have been asked. Like, no, she's a journalist and she was keeping it, you know, on subject, 
you know, to talk about All In. And considering she was representing women's wrestling talk, where we are the women's wrestling show on the planet, um, it made sense for her to ask that question because there was only one women's match on the whole card. Even in All In's, you know, pre-show, the Zero Hour, there wasn't a women's match on there. When you have so many talented women who could have been on there. Like, a part of me was wondering how come... Willow Nightingale wasn't on there because she, of course, was just recently the Women's Owen Hart Tournament winner. And, of course, she was recently the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's Champion, the very first one at that. So you would think with her type of standing would have been on the card. Or someone like Mercedes Martinez could have been on the card as well as so many other women like Sky Blue or even the Ring of Honor World Women's World Champion Athena who is one of the most prolific champions that we have in terms of women's divisions across the board she could have been on there but they weren't and it also doesn't seem like she's going to be on all in either but if you try to hold somebody accountable then it's a problem and then you talk you know how this person keeps saying well he keeps showing you it's not going to happen so why are you even asking the question because in 2023 we shouldn't still be having the discussion of why women aren't featured as prominently as the men are that's why we should not be still asking these types of questions in 2023, especially from a promotion that sort of patterned itself once it first started as, you know, something that was going to be different in terms of diversity and representation. They mentioned a lot about wanting to feature more um, people of color or more people of different backgrounds and different sexual orientations and stuff like that. So if they mentioned that in the beginning, then how come they're not doing a great job of actually solidify as they continue to matriculate as a wrestling promotion outside of the big top circus known as WWE. And you can definitely argue that WWE is having their struggles with women's divisions too. They're not being featured as, as prominently either unless they're in like a large storyline like Becky and Trish are. And even that is debatable. So for the life of me, I don't understand why people are acting as if we're complaining about something that just isn't happening. No, this is happening. We see it. Like, do not, do not piss on us and tell us it's raining. Like, we know what's going on. We see it. And us as women deserve to ask for more than just what we're getting and just being satisfied with just what we've got. Like, no. And I'm glad that Lyric shook the table the way that she did. And of course, she took it in stride and she took it, you know, as best as she could, you know, in a very classy manner, which I do, you know, admire her for. But at the same time, you cannot come against us for wanting more from these large promotions who have the female talent, but yet aren't utilizing them as best as they can. And honestly, if the men aren't going to do it, then maybe they should at least hire women who will create stories that will express us in a very authentic way and will actually advocate us to have more time, if not just as much time, if not more time than the men do. And that's across the board. That's literally across the board. Sometimes it feels like the only two companies that are doing right by its women are Impact and WOW. And that's even, and 
And of course, you can say that WoW is an all-female thing. Yes, that's true. But those are the two promotions that are doing its best for its women. The rest of y'all that have all the resources and have all the big stuff are on the struggle bus. And y'all need to figure that out. But big ups to Lyric for actually asking that question and not being afraid to speak up for what she believed in. And big ups to Women's Wrestling Talk because we are making some moves. And I'm happy about that. So, yeah. Also in the news, we have Jazz, like a woman who should definitely be a Hall of Famer, um, talking about how she was blindsided about getting released from WWE a long time ago. Now, speaking to Steve Fall at WrestlingNews.com, she discussed her run in WWE between 2001 and 2004, in which she became women's champion on two separate occasions. Um, She said that given her success, she revealed that she was shocked to hear of her 2004 release, um, which was attributed to a lack of ideas from creative in regards to her character. Now, for those who remember, Jazz was a badass. (laughs) She was a tough badass who was just beating women up and wasn't, you know, focused too much on looking pretty or, you know, getting a whole lot of men's attention or stuff like that. Like, she was definitely not here for all of that. Like, she was here to wrestle and make the women step up their game. And she did that. And she wound up also making history at WrestleMania 18, which I did cover a couple months ago in my WrestleMania series, where she became the first Black woman to defend her women's title and, of course, retain her women's title you know and Bianca Belair became the second so she made a lot of history in that triple threat match against Trish Stratus and Lita but a lot of people don't give her a lot of credit for that and that's really a shame because women's wrestling especially black women in wrestling would not be where it is you know if it wasn't for the contributions of Jazz or if it wasn't for Jacqueline like without Jazz you don't have the beast without Jazz like you don't have a number of women, you don't have holiday, you don't have a number of black women who are just so talented and yet so strong um, and also gorgeous at the same time. So Jazz explained um, that she pretty much carried the women's division for two years and that it was like her getting fired back then was like writing off Roman Reigns right now and saying, hey, brother, we ain't got nothing for you. That's a question that's been sitting behind, you know, the back of my mind just for me wondering for the last 15 or 20 years, like what, how, and why. I don't believe they can come up with a reason. That's what they tell people, you know, creative doesn't have anything for you. And she even said, I even told them, hey, I don't need creative to tell a story for me. I can get in the ring and create my own story. And of course, she has found success in the independence and also in um, Impact Wrestling, where she was a tag team partner alongside Jordan Grace. And she did go on her retirement tour in which she did participate in the Belladonna Division's Genesis show, which I had the pleasure and honor of calling action for. And she has had a lot of success. And now she's also a wrestling coach in Texas. But my thing is, I would love for Jazz to have another run in WWE. Um, If she could have another chance, just like Lita and Trish and so many other women across all platforms can have another chance before they decide to fully hang it up, then why can't Jazz have it? Give her a Hall of Fame entry and just let her run wild in the women's division. I want to see her versus a Beth Phoenix or her 
because Beth can still wrestle too. I want to see her versus Bianca Belair. Like I want to see her versus Becky Lynch or, or her versus Charlotte, which she did mention that that's a person who she would love to come out of retirement and face. Like Jazz still has a lot of gas left in the tank. And because she does, she deserves to have another, you know, Hall of Fame reign. Like let's not wait until it's too late to give people their flowers. Let's not wait until it's too late to give this black woman her flowers. She deserves a whole lot more than what she has gotten in the past so please make something happen make something shake with that please like give J give um jazz her just do please just continue to do that because she's awesome also in news and gossip is something that really disappointed me on a very personal level was xavier woods now, of course, if you watched this past episode of Monday Night Raw, you saw that he was in a tag team match with Kofi um, as part of the New Day against the Viking Raiders. And somehow or another, communication breakdown happened because the Viking Raiders wanted to get to fighting with Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle, who were sitting next to the commentary, not really participating in commentary, but just sitting there watching the match. And they got into a little bit of a tussle, and Drew McIntyre wasn't happy. It and he threw a, the giant computer's chair, <laughs> the giant desk chair at um, the Viking Raiders, but it wound up hitting Xavier Woods. And he was knocked out and he really could not continue with the rest of the match, which resulted in the Viking Raiders winning. And I was like, God dang, like he really got hit really hard. And he was on. Um, he was backstage in medical getting checked out or whatnot. But WWE made the devastating announcement that he is not cleared to compete at, at this coming week's Raw after taking a chair to the face. And he tweeted and said that he had been looking forward to wrestling on his birthday, which is September the 4th, which is also my birthday, um, because he's suffering from whiplash. He won't be able to come back until the following week. He said, moments before, I had a chair hurled into my face, giving me whiplash. Doctor's orders, no wrestling next week. Was pumped to be out there on my birthday, but it looks like I'll be spending it at home next Monday. See y'all the week after. Now, as a fellow Virgoat, this devastated me. Because, mind you, I don't, I'm not entirely sure what I will be doing for my birthday, if I will be sitting in front of the TV watching Raw or not. But I can tell you this, if I was going to be watching Raw, I would have loved to have seen him on my television because he's my birthday twin, along with Awesome Kong being my birthday twin too. Like, I would have loved to have seen him on Raw on his birthday and on my birthday too. That would have been lit. That would have been almost... This will be almost on the same level of lit that it was when Bailey turned on Mercedes in the Thunderdome era on my birthday. Like, that was fire. So, seeing him and everything would have been amazing. But, you know, Drew McIntyre just had to mess things up with his brute strength and throw a chair at Xavier. And now he's out with Whiplash. We just can't have good things, can we? But it's okay. I would much rather him be safe as opposed to just trying to lug himself out there on his birthday and then wind up getting hurt worse. So maybe, you know, he'll just find something else to do on his birthday. But either way, Xavier is out this week and we just hope he gets better soon. And also just send happy birthday to you, Virgoat. And also make him world heavyweight champion. So yeah. 
finally, in news and gossipish, oh my gosh, CM Punk just can't seem to keep himself out of trouble. This man just fights with people all the time. Like, I feel like all this week, I've heard 50 limb stories about this man getting into it with people at All In or even before All In or afterward or whatever. But him and Jack Perry got into a tussle backstage because Jack Perry threw shade at him um, for using real glass or something like that in a thing. Um, And it was just like, apparently backstage they got into a yelling match or maybe even got to fighting backstage because of it. And then I also heard that maybe CM Punk got into it with Miro as well. And because of the fight that took place backstage, him and I believe Jack Perry, who used to be called Jungle Boy Jack Perry, got suspended from AEW. And there's also another rumor that was, you know, released today that he might have yelled, I quit to Tony Khan after all of that. And it is just too much. It is absolutely too much. I wish that CM Punk would focus more on his wrestling and more on you know, actually fully improving his game than he would, you know, rubbing people the wrong way. And I'm not saying it's all his fault, but at the same time, there's a level of maturity that you have to have when you go to work. You have to be able to know that, yeah, you might not get along with everybody, but at the same time, you still have to try to be as professional as you know how to be and just not get into it all the time. And it just feels like every other month there is some type of rumor about him getting into it with somebody. And it's just like, y'all are too old for this. Y'all are too old for this and y'all too grown for this. It's just ridiculous. And it's really tiring me out. But at this point, I don't know. I just don't know. I just want CM Punk to just challenge MJF, fight for that title and see who's going to be the actual champion at that point, and really just, you know, just chill out for a while, because sweetheart, this is just not the move. It's just not the move. Like, there should be peace in your life at this point. It's like you've come back to wrestling, which was a whole entity that you did not think you would ever return to, ever. You come back, and it just seems like everything that you're doing in wrestling is being overshadowed by you acting crazy behind the scenes with people. What's the problem? CM Punk, please calm down. Whatever it is, it's not worth it. It's really not worth it. Like, love wrestling and be there and help others. But don't fight. Please don't fight. It's it's just getting out of hand. <laughs> it's really just getting out of hand. It's like, I want him to be successful, but it just seems like every, every, every time you turn around, it's just something about him fighting. And I'm just like, oh my God, stop it. Just stop it. But yeah, that's where we're at <laughs> with news and gossipish. And now we're going to move into um, a special segment. Now, of course, last week was a very challenging week in wrestling. Because 
we lost two members of our family that generationally, you know, set the course for a lot of different things in terms of, you know, what we know and love about professional wrestling. So, of course, last week we lost Terry Funk, who is a Hall of Famer and comes from a wrestling family in Texas. And there's a lot that has been written and talked about in terms of what he did for Texas wrestling and also for the hardcore stuff and how he basically walked so Mick Foley could run. And I really didn't know a lot about him until, of course, he got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2009 um, because, of course, he was sort of, you know, before my time. And I have no problem saying that. I won't sit here and make it seem like, oh, well, I know this and I know that. I really don't know a whole lot about it. But either way, he did a lot for wrestling back in the day. He was a very successful NWA champion. Him and Ric Flair had a storied rivalry um, and all of that. And then him and Mick Foley had a time as a tag team during the Attitude Era. So he really has done a lot for wrestling. And he definitely, you know, brought more of the hardcore stuff, you know, onto it before uh, before an ECW existed. And the thing that I love the most that happened last week on SmackDown was the fact that Cody Rhodes came on and actually paid tribute to him and said that, his best memory of him was that he called his dad an egg sucking dog <laughs> at the airport when he was like eight or something. And I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my God. And then to make it worse, Cody asked, can we even say egg sucking dog on TV, Michael Cole? <laughs> but I mean, he said it, so it doesn't really matter now. And yeah, it was just nice to hear everybody talk about him and, then to also see he had a movie career because I did I did not know he was in a movie with Sylvester Stallone. And I also did not know he was in Roadhouse, which is a movie that my dad watches a whole lot. Like he watches Roadhouse all the time because it's Patrick Swayze, you know, and it's just I, there was a lot about him that I just did not know. So I did learn a lot about that. And I'm glad that I know it. And I feel a twinge, a, de a deep sadness for a lot of people like my dad and generations before me who are watching a lot of their wrestlers, you know, pass on. It's really sad when you think about it. It's like you grow up watching these people, you grow up becoming almost like one with these people, you know, and the older you get, and I'm learning this lesson too. It's like the more, the older you get, the older your heroes get. And then eventually life takes its course and then they pass on and it's just really sad and I feel really sorry for those who grew up watching you know that generation of wrestling because a lot of their heroes really aren't here anymore and I know that definitely has to be tough for folks and I'm sorry for whoever um were huge fans of Terry Funk or huge fans of his family in Texas and all over the world um my heart is with you and we definitely send our condolences to his family um, from the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. We respect and love on our OGs, definitely. So Terry Funk, you know, thank you for what you have done for the wrestling business. And hopefully we'll continue to just keep that going as much as we can. And yeah, that that was really tough to hear, but it got tougher. It got tougher. The day after, um, the day afterward, it really got tougher. 
with the loss of Bray Wyatt. This is something that I am still processing myself. Um, but I'm going to tell you, I guess, the story of how I found out. Um, I woke up from a nap at home and I was checking on my mom and getting something for her and my phone was away from me. So I wasn't able to really look at my phone until, you know, after the fact. And so I looked down and I saw, um, two missed calls from my boyfriend and I saw a message from someone who I went to Berea college with, who was also a wrestling fan. And they messaged me and all I saw was the words Bray Wyatt. And I'm just like, what's going on? And so I call my boyfriend and he says, Jock said, did you see about Bray Wyatt? And I'm like, no, like I just woke up from a nap and my phone's away from me. So no. And he basically told me that Bray Wyatt had passed away. And I was just like, no, like you're lying. Like, are you serious? Like this has to be a lie. I really thought that I was in such shock that I was just like, this has to be a lie. Like, you know, and I looked everywhere and lo and behold, it wasn't a lie because Triple H released that statement. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding. You have got to be kidding me. Like I, I was just in such shock that I was just, I just had to sit down and I told my mom what happened. And then my dad saw it and it was just like, dang. And it just made me think about all the moments that we had with him in watching wrestling that I had. My mom used to call the Wyatt family the creepy hillbillies. No shade to anybody. That's just what she would call them. She would call the Wyatt family the creepy hillbillies. And I was just, and I would just look at her and just be like, Ma, like, <laughs> stop. Because <laughs> she, she's not really a wrestling fan. She, she only watched it by osmosis because dad would watch it. And then, of course... I would tell her about it, you know, and it was just like, she would come up with names for different people. And that's just what she would call Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family, the creepy hillbillies. And it's just really painful to know that he is not on this earth anymore. This man passed away at 36. And I have so many friends who are in their 30s or about to even leave their 30s now. And then I'm about to start my 30s. So it's just kind of like, that's that's a really young time to leave the planet. And I know that a lot of people pass away and I'm so sorry if I'm bringing back bad memories for you if you're listening to this later on, but it's just, loss is terrible no matter what the age, um, but for someone as young as him to have as much energy as he did and to have as much magic and creativity as he did, it just doesn't feel right. And it just doesn't feel fair for him to not be on this earth anymore. And then for WWE to collectively come together and create tributes to Terry Funk. And then on top of that, have to create another tribute to Bray Wyatt you know, who was still an active member of the roster. Like, yeah, he was taking a break due to his health. Um, and I'm not going to get into that because you can get into that on your own. 
he was taking a break due to his health or whatever, but he was still very much an active member on the roster. So people, we were really waiting for him to come back. Because the last time anybody really saw him, it was it was like during the blackout match that they had, the Mountain Dew pitch black match between him and LA Knight at the Royal Rumble. That was the last time anybody really saw anything of him or Uncle Howdy and any of that. And we were waiting for him to come back. We were looking forward to that. Like I was looking forward to that, even though a lot of people had called the uncle howdy story into question, wondering how it was going to progress. Now we don't even get to see the end of that anymore. And it sucks so bad. And then what makes it even worse is like even watching the tribute that WWE created and seeing all of his friends talk about him it's just so hard to believe that somebody with just that much magic and that much, you know, energy and creativity and passion for the wrestling business. Because just like Terry Funk, he came from a wrestling family as well. His brother is Bo Dallas. You know, he wrestles. Their father um, wrestled as IRS back in the day. His grandfather, Mike Rotunda, wrestled. He comes from a wrestling family. So with all of that knowledge and all of that know-how, all of that magic, and it's not here anymore, it just doesn't make sense. I feel like I'm sort of in denial, or at least I was kind of in denial with watching all of the tributes come in and just all of the magic and all the fireflies. and when I first got the news, like I went through my phone and searched for the footage of me at Legends Bar in um, New York at the Jobber Tears watch party for Extreme Rules when Bray Wyatt made his return with the Uncle Howdy entity. Like we weren't sure what was going to happen. We weren't sure how he was going to come back. The rumors were rampant. But when he came back through that door, we were screaming like super loud because this was him. We were invested. We were so happy he came back. And the way he came back was just creatively chef's kiss. It was beautiful. And I'll never forget that moment for as long as I live. Because not only was I surrounded by friends in New York getting to celebrate that, but we got to witness that triumphant of a return together. And it just breaks my heart that he can't make another return like that ever again. It's hurtful. It is so sad and it feels unfair. Um, it's really, it just feels really unfair because he had always just been in a back and forth situation when it came to his creative stuff. And when you think about everything he did with the Wyatt family and with um, the Fiend and with the Firefly Funhouse, there was so much he had. There were so many people he uplifted even with that. Like, because when you think about um, Eric Redbeard, who was known as Eric Rowan back then, and even Brody Lee, like, they were able to find a little bit of success as the Bludgeon Brothers when they left the Wyatt family because of that, like they found success even with that. And of course, Brody Lee went on to be his own star in AEW, become a singles champion for the first time. And then he passed away. Like Eric Redbeard at this point is the only person left of the original Wyatt family collective. 
And then Braun Strowman, of course, came later. But those are the only two members left. Both of those men passed away relatively early in their lives. And it was sudden and it just felt so wrong and unfair. Now, of course, spiritually, I can never question, you know, why things like that happen. Because, you know, you just can't. But all I know is, or all I choose to focus on are all of the memories that this person gave us. This man gave us over 10 years of creative stuff. Like he gave us that amazing theatrical match with John Cena at the WrestleMania in 2020 when we couldn't be there because of the pandemic. Like he gave us funny moments where he kept trying to destroy Rambling Rabbit over and over again. He gave us creepy Alexa Bliss. Like he gave us so much. And I just want to be grateful for that. He accomplished a lot. He's He became a universal champion, a world heavyweight champion. Like he did all of that. And then on top of that, you know, he had people who loved him, like his family, his fiance, Jojo. You know, if you watch Total Divas and even saw her in ring announcing, like you're familiar with her, they had two children together. And then he had two children from a previous relationship. Like he was loved. And I hope that he left the earth knowing that at the very least, if he didn't get to do everything he wanted to do, at least he knew he was loved. Not only by his family, but by so many fans. Like, he was loved. And I hope he knew that. And I hope that whatever he's doing on the other side, you know, it's creative and it's cool. And it's just as cool as the stuff that he created on Earth. So, I just wanted to get on here and talk about, you know, how I felt about it um, in a healthy way and just address how I feel about it. Because I've been watching this man like like so many people for over 10 years. And I just wanted to get on here and, you know, just give him his flowers and just let everybody know here that he was definitely one of my favorites. And I was waiting for him to come back and just share whatever it was that he had left to share. But I guess we'll just have to see a lot of that later on when we make it to the afterlife or make it to heaven or wherever he is, the wrestling heaven that there is with the ring in the sky. So, yeah, um, I just said all that to say. Just love on the people who are surrounded by you all the time, love on them as much as you can, because you just never know. You never know, like, this is something that I've had to deal with in my own life um, in terms of loss. I've lost friends, I've lost family members, but the thing that keeps me going is the fact that I just hope I'm making them proud and that the love that we all have for each other continues to connect us, even though we're on different planes. So wherever you are, if you're going through a loss, whether it be large or, you know, whether it's a person that you used to watch on television, feel those feelings. Don't let anybody tell you you can't feel your feelings. Don't tell. Don't let anybody tell you that, oh, well, you can't feel that way because you didn't know that person or you're doing too much or all that. Don't let anybody tell you that. You deserve to feel the grief. Feel it. Sit in it. But. Also know 
that it's going to be okay and that the love that you guys have for each other will carry you beyond everything. So, yeah, I hope at this time we're just you're just being healthy as a wrestling fan or as any wrestling fans, I just hope that you're being as healthy as you possibly can. Feeling the feelings, of course, but just remembering the good times as well. Because at the end of the day, that's all we have left. Are the good times and the love. So rest in peace to Terry Funk and rest in peace to Bray Wyatt. The both of you will be missed. And I hope somehow or another all of us wrestling fans can gather on the other side and see each other once again. We love you so much. And now we're going to move to what I liked in wrestling this week. Now, this past weekend, there was a lot that took place in wrestling um, amongst um, different promotions. And, of course, I had to start by talking about my girl, Soraya. Soraya is somebody who I have loved for a long time. Um, I loved her as Paige in WWE. Um, she was definitely one of my faves in NXT, her match against Emma, both of her matches against Emma for the NXT women's title were two of my favorite women's matches at the time. And that was just me, you know, just loving women's wrestling and wanting to see it grow in WWE and do more. But, you know, she succeeded. She wound up being an NXT champion. She didn't even have to give up the NXT title. Um, well, she, she didn't wound up getting defeated for it. Let me say that she wound up having to give it up because she went to the main roster and became the divas champion by beating AJ. And it's just like everything that she ever did at that point, I was always a fan of because she was just something different. She was just, you know, the anti diva is what she would call herself because of course she didn't necessarily look like a model. She didn't necessarily have, you know, a lot of the sort of sex appeal that was sort of being poop, like put out there, but she could wrestle because she came from a wrestling family in the UK. And in the UK was where she wound up making more history this past weekend at All In. In a pretty short but well-paced match, she wound up winning the AEW Women's World title in front of her home crowd and in front of her family. Um, and she wound up beating Tony Storm, who she's in the outcast with. And she wound up beating um, Dr. Britt Baker and um, Hikaru Shida for that title. And it was just, no matter how you might feel about, you know, Soraya and, you know, her abilities and all of the above, I still feel like this is a huge accomplishment for somebody who had to retire years ago. Like, she didn't even think she could ever wrestle again. And now look at her, you know, she was wrestling and doing the um, the PTO, the page tap out that she used to do. I'm not sure what she calls it now, but it was a move that she sort of, you know, um, borrowed from Bull Nakano. Like, she use that in the match like she was just doing a she was doing a pretty good job and the only thing I wish is that that match went a little bit longer but Soraya is a champion and she won it in her home country and it was a beautiful moment no matter how predictable a lot of people said you know it really was I don't care she deserves this moment and it's a beautiful thing so congratulations to Soraya because yeah 
no matter how you feel about her, she's definitely, you know, a pioneer when it comes to women's wrestling a bit in a more modern context. So I'm glad that she was able to get that cracking. Also, in women's wrestling, you had Max the Impaler. They were able to win the NWA Women's Television Champion. Um, this was amazing to see because they represent, you know, non-binary people with that with that win. And I was happy that they were able to have that moment. And that even afterward, they even came out with the non-binary flag. That was just a beautiful touch as well. So shout out to them and also shout out to NWA 75, which also took place um, this past weekend too. And Kenzie Page wound up, I'm not as familiar with her, but she wound up winning the NWA Women's World title off of Camille, who had held the title for more than 800 days. Like the first time I saw Camille, she was the champion and she popped up on AEW because she had a match against um legit Layla Hirsch that was set for NWA Empower Weekend. And I saw that match and my and that was my first time seeing Camille ever. And she was just this beautiful, statuesque woman who had all of this power and just, oh my God, she just has a certain oomph about her that I just really loved. And she wound up holding that title for such a long time. Like that is unheard of, you know? So for her to get to NWA 75 and, you know, wind up losing to Kenzie Page was just wow. Like I was just really shocked to hear that. But all the same, I think it's really successful that Kenzie Page can always brag and say that she was the woman who defeated Camille after her long reign. Like that's something she can always brag about, you know? So congratulations to Kenzie for that accomplishment. And just congratulations, you know, to um Camille for holding that title as long as she did because that was just that that was a long time like think about that Empower was in 2021 it is 2023 and she just lost that title so yeah that was just pretty sick stuff from this weekend also this weekend you had Trinity defending her knockouts women's title against Deanna Parasso um in the main event of Emergence which took place um Sunday as well like I didn't get a chance to watch this match, but from what I heard, it was pretty incredible, just as good as their first outing. And of course, Trinity wound up retaining the title. But the thing that impressed me the absolute most was this match was the main event and it was an all-female main event. You had D, you had Trin, and you had Jade Chung, who was the ring announcer. And then you had Allison Lee, who was the referee. Like, what? This was almost on the same level as last week when we saw Carmelo Hayes versus Wesley, and they were the first two Black men to ever fight for the NXT Championship. And then on top of that, you had Alicia Taylor, shout out to her who just had a birthday, um, ring announcing. And then you had Dallas Irvin as the referee. That was an all-Black main event on an episode of NXT on free television. So... Seeing that and then fast forward to emergence and seeing this, like you can't tell me nothing no more. <laughs> you can't tell me nothing no more about the success of people 
of color and women. Like you just can't tell me anything anymore. And then you have non-binary people with their representation and Maxi and Paler. Like it's just incredible stuff going on for representation. This was amazing. And shout out to Trinity for being a dominant champion and being the champion that she deserves to be because she should not have had to wait this long to be a champion in wrestling. She shouldn't have. And that's just the truth. So I'm glad that now as a knockout, she can be given the visibility and the star power and the visibility that she deserves to have. So yeah. And shout out to Deanna because she's great too. Um, But yeah, this was great to see and great to know about. And yeah, this is just what I was talking about. I had to address this because this happened last week and I just had to just take some time to address Carmelo and Wes. Like, oh my God, they did such a good job. And I'm always proud of them. I'm proud of what they represent and I'm proud of what they definitely represented here as two black men um, fighting for the NXT title. Like it was just an incredible moment and an incredible accomplishment. Like it was, it was so real for me to the point to where I had to point out to dad. I was like, dad, look at the TV, dad, look at the TV. And he was just like, what? And I said, it's all black people in that ring. <laughs> and he was just like, wow. <laughs> I was just like, it's all black people in the ring. Like I could not stop just gushing about it. Like I just could not stop feeling it. Um, Wesley, of course, is someone who you could argue definitely deserves to be an NXT champion at some point. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be now because Carmelo has that title on a stranglehold. (laughs) Um, He's had it like that since April. But at the same time, I am just, you know, so thrilled for both of these men for what they have accomplished, especially with Wes, because he dealt with such a huge change from being a tag team wrestler with his rascal friend, Zachary Wentz. And then that got taken away from him. And a lot of people were questioning, can he stand on his own two feet? And he showed he can. He's been an NXT North American champion. And then one can only assume, you know, the sky's the limit for him, but I am just so happy for him. I'm happy for Carmelo always because he just has the ooze and the it factor of what it takes to be, you know, on top in wrestling. I'm so proud of him. And of course, I'm always proud of Alicia Taylor and for everything she embodies when it comes to NXT as a ring announcer, like her voice is stunning. It just gives a ruggedness and a rock and roll flair um to NXT that just belongs there and I'm just so happy that her presence is there in NXT and just shout out to Dallas like for him being a referee and being as consistent as he knows how to be and being able to call it down the middle like this was just a huge and beautiful moment that I will just never forget and then to make matters worse Carmelo took a picture with Big E and they were holding their NXT titles and I was like oh my god that's so great And the only thing that was missing was Keith Lee. But either way, it's amazing stuff going on in terms of representation. You know, we're getting better. We're getting better, but there's still a a while to go. And then another thing I liked in wrestling last weekend was the fact that the Tonga twins on Women of Wrestling, WOW Superheroes, won the WOW tag team championships from Miami Sweet Heat, the Carlson Twins, in an 
not a no holds bar match, a false count anywhere match. Like this blessed my soul because ever since this season of WOW has come on, you know, television, you know, we've been covering it on Women's Wrestling Talk. Um, please check out our after show on Mondays if you already have it. Like me and Katrina and Emily were definitely pulling for the Tonga twins to win that tag team, the tag team tournament in order to be the champions. But then Miami Sweet Heat had help from Penelope Pink, the WOW World Champion, um, and the fabulous Lana Star. And they had to climb their way back up for months on end to try to get to the top of the ladder to get those titles. And they finally got them. Like, oh my God. I was so excited for Chaos and Kona. Their story as to how they got to WOW is just absolutely amazing and how they got into wrestling is just great. And the fact that they're being celebrated by their native Tonga, the country of Tonga in that way, is just amazing for them. And I just love that for them. Like Pacific Islanders, when it comes to wrestling, it's just, they're just amazing and they're a breath of they're definitely a breath of fresh air and they don't even have to be from the same family because of course they're not of the Anawai um Samoan dynasty but at the same time to see other Pacific Islander women succeed in wrestling in this way it's just amazing and I'm just so proud of Chaos and Kona and I've been celebrating them on social media like all week long but I just wanted to come on my show and actually say that I am just so happy and just so proud of them for their success. And hopefully they'll be able to keep those titles for a long, 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 long time. And I know the fabulous Lana Star has to be upset that the Carlson twins weren't able to keep those titles, but I am pretty sure that now they're going to go through some cagey ways for Penelope Pink to keep her title. But either way, um, this was an amazing moment. So this past weekend was a lot going on in wrestling, but yeah, WoW was definitely a part of that, and I'm just so happy for them. Also, watch WoW if you already haven't, because it's pretty cool stuff that's happening. Their new season is getting ready to start, so please get it cracking if you already haven't. Yeah, there's more of the Tonga Twins if you're watching. And of course, big ups to Miami Sweet Heat for holding on to the WoW Tag Team titles, Lindsay and Lori. Um, as long as they could have, but you know, their time is up and the Tonga twins time is now. Um, yeah. Another thing that I liked in wrestling this week was Raquel Rodriguez, you know, stepping up to challenge, you know, Rhea Ripley and beating up on her a whole lot. Like, I just love the idea that Raquel is sort of stepping into the idea that she is the main girl who can definitely give Rhea Ripley a run for her money for the Women's World Championship in WWE. I am so happy that she is rising up to be that girl that we sort of knew her to be in NXT, but then not really because she's still sort of coming out and being sort of like the nice, sweet girl who's coming out and smiling and not necessarily like big mommy cool that she was in NXT. So if you were watching NXT during that time, this is before NXT 2.0, um, when she was there as Ra Raquel Gonzalez, like she was sort of like the diesel to Dakota Kai's Shawn Michaels. And anytime she would come out, she just had this aura about her that was just really tough that made you feel like, you know, she really could take your head off in one fell swoop. Like this woman, you know, 
just has strength unparalleled. And the and whenever her and Rhea Ripley would lock up in the ring, you just felt that it was just something serious that was about to happen. And they fought each other to the nail. Like, they destroyed each other for the NXT Women's title. Like, it was just some really badass stuff. And I'm just waiting for that level of Raquel Rodriguez to come out. Like, I want Big Mommy Cool to come out again because that is the one that's going to lock in and really beat Rhea Ripley because Rhea Ripley hasn't had a lot of challengers since she faced, you know, Charlotte for at WrestleMania for the SmackDown women's title, of course, which is now defunct. Um, and then of course she has Zelina Vega at backlash for that SmackDown women's title. And then, you know, she wound up beating her and it just seems like, and then of course she beat up on Natalia when they had their stellar match, you know, on an episode of Raw. But since then, she really hasn't had a whole lot of challenges for that title. And it's really sad, you know, when it comes to the booking of it, because you see Seth Rollins with Rhea Ripley's male title equivalent, and he's getting challengers left and right, left and right, left and right, left and right. And it's just like, yo, like, why aren't the other women being booked to face Rhea in that way as well. Like, what's going on? Like, why is it happening this way? So hopefully Raquel and Rhea will have more time to face each other because, of course, they're fighting each other at Payback this weekend. But at the same time, I'm hoping that their rivalry can can continue to go on and continue to be more hurtful and more personal to where they're digging at each other in a way that's just really real and authentic. And they can just rip each other apart. And hopefully Raquel can win. (laughs) But yeah, I'm just really happy that this rivalry has an opportunity to, you know, shine and glow the way it did, you know, in NXT, hopefully. But yeah, like, I'm glad that this is happening because these are two women that can stand head to head literally with each other, height wise and strength wise. Like, I'm ready for it. I'm so ready for it. Another thing that I liked in wrestling this week was the Falls Count Anywhere match between Becky Lynch and Zoe Stark. Of course, this is ahead of Becky's match against Trish Stratus in a steel cage at Payback. This match main evented Raw, and I really love that for Becky because, of course, she was making lemons out of lemonade out of the fact that her and Trish's match wasn't at SummerSlam, um, which a lot of people felt was a stupid mistake. Um, And then, of course, when her and Trish fought each other, you know, in that match that they had on Raw a few weeks ago, a lot of people feel like that wasn't exactly the best match they could have had. But either way, you know, hopefully they get to rectify that situation in a steel cage. And considering Trish had never fought in a steel cage before, I'm definitely interested to see how that's going to happen. But either way, Becky versus Zoe Stark was a pretty amazing match. Zoe continues to show and prove why, you know, why people should keep her name in their mouths because this woman hit sort of like a sitting like oh my god what <laughs> like she bounced off of the top rope and hit some type of backflip onto Becky Lynch with a sealed chair and I'm just like ma'am what are you made of and how are you doing stuff like this like it was just some pretty sick stuff happening throughout the match and it was just a really good way for it to end um Monday Night Raw, and it was just really cool. And Becky wound up winning with a manhandle slam <laughs> to um 
Zoe Stark and also two Trish Stratus, you know, and they had to, you know, get themselves together. So Becky, you know, is going into payback with a lot of momentum. And of course, you know, she had her moment where she did pay tribute to Bray Wyatt towards the end and then she started crying. But then off screen, you know, somebody caught footage of her talking about how Bray helped her in her first tables match, you know, put together the table and everything because she didn't know. And that was a very heartfelt moment to see from Becky, um, the man. So hopefully, you know, she'll be able to win at um, payback. But either way, this match was fantastic. Go back and watch it if you already haven't. It was cool. Yeah. This is also another cool part, too, where Trish actually hit the Stratus faction onto Becky Lynch through a table. And it was almost to the point where you could tell that Trish almost may have tweaked and hurt herself. But either way, it was still awesome. It was really cool. Don't say Trish doesn't have, you know, doesn't still have the juice because she still does. Also, I wanted to talk about Samantha Irving. I feel like the Hardy Wrestling Podcast is becoming a Samantha Irvin stan account um, because she's just so amazing. Like, the way that she announced Imperium just sends me over the moon. It really just sends me over the moon because the way that she just adds characteristics to every to, to, to different wrestlers every time they come out. But the when she announces Imperium, I make it my business to sit my butt down and listen to how she does it because, oh, my God, it's like she says Giovanni Vinci as if, you know, he's Italian, like with that whole thing. And then she does. Um, Ludwig Kaiser, like just really soft, like, and then she says, and the intercontinental champion Gunta. And I'm just like, girl, girl, give me everything. I just love her so much. And then, of course, because of the loss of Bray Wyatt, she ended the tribute video that they released on YouTube by singing that he's got the whole world in his hands. And it was really heartfelt and if you want to cry, go watch it. If you really want to just remember Bray Wyatt and hear the stories of how many people loved him and stuff like that in that video, and then you want to hear her sing, just get your tissues ready. You're going to cry. But I just want to just address Samantha Irvin and just how amazing she is and how talented she is. And I hope she stays with WWE forever because she's just great. Yeah. Also, another thing I liked in wrestling this week was the fact that Rhea Ripley has definitely been getting all of the members of <laughs> Judgment Day together because Finn and Damian Priest have just been fighting. It's like every week they just always fussing and fighting about something. But Rhea Ripley really is being the Monday Night Mommy because she is getting everybody together. She actually told Finn Balor, like, if you two do not come out with the victory against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at Payback, and I believe this is a Falls Count Anywhere match as well, like, if you do not pull out the win, then there's going to be some changes around here. And I was just like, ooh, and the way she stared at Finn Balor and Damian Priest when she said that, I was like, oh my god, they're going to make some changes, like, somebody really might get kicked out of the Judgment Day because it is. And when you think about it, I feel like Finn Balor might be the one who might get kicked out because he has been the one who has consistently 
been talking to JD McDonough on the side instead of talking to Damien and Dom and Rhea about their issues. And he really might be the weakest link because when you think about every other opportunity that Finn has had to win gold with the Judgment Day, he has failed on numerous occasions to beat Seth Rollins. Um, for that world heavyweight title. And when you look at everybody else in Judgment Day, they all have gold, even though, of course, Dominic cheated to get his. Dominic is the North American champion. Rhea is the women's world champion. And Damien is Mr. Money in the Bank, who hasn't cashed in yet. So it's just like Finn really is the weakest link. And if Finn, of course, cannot get himself together and focus and work with Damien, who is clearly still, you know, has his allegiance with the Judgment Day, I really feel like Finn really might be the one to get kicked out. That's just how I feel. Finn really might get kicked out of Judgment Day, and him and JD McDonough might just have to be their own thing as a tag team. Because, yeah, Finn is just having issues. Also, shout out to production for putting the Revel in What You Are t shirt um, in the Judgment Day's background. Like, that's pretty sick stuff. I really like that. And also just Dominic just kind of, you can tell Dominic just lets Rhea just tell him what to do. You can really tell that. But with a woman like that, what can you say? <laughs> also, I want to talk about Seth Rollins' outfit. That was definitely something I loved in wrestling this week because his outfit was just so amazing. Of course, he is styled by King Troy. Shout out to him, who styles a lot of different celebrities and stuff like that. And he definitely styles, you know, him and Becky Lynch and so many others. And this outfit was fantastic. It was phenomenal. It was green and gold. If you're from Birmingham, you know, it was giving Jackson Olin homecoming <laughs> with the green and gold. He had on um, Mackenzie Mitchell's necklace with her headline by MM line. Like, please check that out if you already have it. Like, he just looked absolutely fantastic. You can tell he's gotten his hair redyed and everything. Like, he had on the Versace sunglasses. Like, he was not out here to play with people. He looked fantastic, okay? And then there were people who were able to zoom in on his world title, and he actually had the Fiend, um, the Bray Wyatt Fiend plates on the side of his title. And I was just like, that is such a nice touch because he was definitely torn up about Bray Wyatt's passing. So I'm glad that he was paying tribute to him on television. He even started his promo by saying, yowie, wowie. And I was just like, the feelings, Jesus, the feelings. But yeah, Seth Rollins just drip, just never ceases to amaze. I love it. Something else that interests me when it comes to wrestling this week it's just the dynamic between Ludwig Kaiser and <laughs> Maxine from Alpha Academy. He keeps trying to flirt with her, and it's almost giving like he doesn't understand the concept of the word no, which a lot of men don't understand, but we're not going to get into that today. Um it's just like he's not understanding and he just keeps trying to flirt with her all the time. But something that I am seeing is anytime he's in the ring with anybody from the Alpha Academy, it's almost like she looks either irritated with him or she's sort of stopping herself from staring at him. And it makes me wonder if at some point she could very well leave Alpha Academy and go to Imperium. Because what's so funny is Imperium has not had a female member. 
they've never had a female member and that has and that has been something that they have brought up in interviews before is the fact that they would love to have a lady member of Imperium and it makes me wonder if Maxine Dupree would really turn her back on Otis and um on Otis and Chad Gable like that would be really interesting but something I did just think about in thinking about Otis what if Mandy Rose actually came back to wrestling and came back to be like the fourth member of Imperium instead? <laughs> that would be some pretty sick, crazy stuff, but I'm not sure at this point if she really would come back to wrestling, but if she did, that would be pretty sick. Mandy Rose with Imperium. Yo, that would be sick. And I low key feel like she would almost take over, but Maxine with Imperium doesn't sound too bad either. So not saying that I want Alpha Academy to break up because they are absolutely cute and I love their pink t-shirts because it's giving Barbie. But, you know, there's just something there that I'm just seeing. But, yeah, I just think that's really interesting. Their dynamic is just pretty interesting. Also, another thing I loved in wrestling this week is the performance of Gigi Dolan in the Fatal 4-Way match, um, which main evented NXT because, of course, women main eventing things is got to be the norm in life, okay? Gigi main evented a Fatal 4-Way with Blair Davenport, Roxanne Perez, and Kiana James to qualify to be the number one contender for Tiffany Stratton's NXT women's title. And Gigi has been in the lab. She has definitely been in the lab, improving her game, moving a lot faster in the ring, and just being amazing on the microphone as well. Like, she is really fully coming into her own powers, and I'm so happy that that is happening. And then her gear was definitely giving Renaissance coded. Like, she looked like she was getting ready to go see Beyonce with all of the silver that she had on. Um, and she just looked absolutely amazing. Y'all know that that is my wife. But <laughs> she did absolutely fantastic but all the women did great too because you even had Blair Davenport you know hitting all kinds of amazing drop kicks from like on high and stuff like that and you had Roxanne being Roxanne and Kiana being Kiana and Kiana was so Kiana that she snuck in and hit some type of DDT on Roxanne when she was about to hit Pop Rocks and then she hit another finisher onto Gigi and wound up winning the match so now she is the number one contender for um the NXT women's championship and I'm just like yo like that was just really fantastic and I'm happy for her having that opportunity because she was one of the stars that I had my eye on after the NXT deadline match the iron survivor match like Keanu really showed out in that match and I can't wait to see more of what she has to offer um, and here's more of Gigi if you're watching. And her outfit, of course, with her silver captain's hat that had Hell's favorite on the top of it. And just the silver and everything was just super cute. I loved it so much. But yeah, it looks like it's Kiana's time to beat up on Tiffany Stratton. Um, I can't wait for this. I think this is going to be a really intense match. And plus, I really just feel happy for Kiana because, of course, she is a black woman and you know, just seeing someone like her get this opportunity, you know, pretty early in their career, it's just pretty awesome. So big ups to Kiana. This is great for her. And 
I low-key want Gigi to ruin it for her because Kiana has beaten Gigi and pinned her multiple times, you know, during their feud due to shenanigans and also due to fair and squareness. So I almost want Gigi to ruin it for her so that she can challenge um, Tiffany and win and stuff. But, you know, we just have to wait and see. But then a lot of people are also still intrigued at the idea of Tiffany Stratton versus Becky Lynch. Because, of course, a few weeks ago, Tiffany cut a promo talking about Becky Lynch as a NXT Women's Champion and talking about how she's even better than her. But, of course, if you are up on your NXT lore, you know that Becky Lynch was never an NXT Women's Champion. She was definitely close because her and Mercedes slash Sasha Banks had a banger of a match years ago for the NXT title, but Sasha retained it. And Becky was never the NXT Women's Champion. But of course, she did go on to become, you know, a multiple-time Women's Champion on the main roster. But I can see how it's easy for people to think that she was an NXT Champion. But she wasn't. But she did tweet and said, I've never been NXT Champion yet. So with Tiffany popping up on Monday Night Raw this past Monday, I would hope that they would get that cracking because of course main roster stars have been dipping their toe in the black and gold pool. So I'm hoping that at some point we would get Tiffany Stratton versus Becky Lynch. That would be cool. But of course I do just want to give my props to Kiana James for qualifying um, to be number one contender at this point. Also, another thing that I loved in wrestling this week is the turning of Dana Brooke. Now, of course, people have been booing Dana Brooke since she went back down to NXT. And it was no different because this week she was in a tag team match with her protege of sorts, Kalani Jordan. And they fought against Lola Vice and Electra Lopez. And they wound up losing because Kalani Jordan wound up um, getting distracted and she got covered. And she was angry about it. Dana Brooke was angry about it. And she was yelling at Kalani Jordan. And we didn't see what else happened after that. Because, of course, here lately, Dana has just been really angry at Kalani, wanting to sort of, you know, back away from her and just angry at her for, you know, failing her and all the above. And I know Kalani doesn't want to fail her because they have so many similarities with their gymnastics background or whatnot. But at the same time, I really just want for Kalani to rise up and beat on Dana Brooke because Dana really was threatening her with a bill like that was her mama and I'm just like no ma'am you are not her mama you don't get to do that and also here again this is not the time in our nation's history for you as a blonde white woman to be beaten on a black woman like this but either way I'm gonna need for Kalani Jordan to really lock in and see that Dana Brooke really is about to like turn on her and like take her frustrations out on her um but kalana but kalani really does have a lot of potential as a possible star when it comes to you know her in-ring work like she is fantastic she really is great um so i can't wait to see how she grows from this and andre is watching on live thank you for watching on facebook saying that was match of the week mama dana finna cash his work exactly she's gonna have to cash his work because you're not you're just not gonna beat up on on baby kalani like this you're not gonna do that okay you're just not but moving into more of what i liked from nxt this week you had thea hale 
not coming to class at Chase U because, of course, she is still frustrated with what happened at NXT Great American Bash when she had a rematch against Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's title. And Andre threw in a towel for her and she still hated it. Like she is still very much angry at um, Andre Chase for doing that because she thought that her teacher would trust her. Right. So in this episode of NXT, she wasn't in class. And she was skipping, right? And so she actually walked up in the classroom to say, you know, I don't have to be here. You know, you don't believe in me. So what's the point? So last week on NXT, she had an encounter with JC Jane, who gave her some good advice and said, look, you just need to, you know, focus on yourself. Because at the end of the day, you are you are all you've got in this business. So since then, they have both been... I don't want to say hooking up, but they really have been, you know, hanging out together and she's been influencing Thea. And of course, Andre saying Thea Hill is my spirit animal. But yeah, we, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that this is happening because someone did mention, I believe, I forgot who may have said something about this, but I heard someone say that they felt like maybe this could be JC sort of creating her own version of her own faction. Like, cause you know, she sort of came to prominence and became a women's tag team champion when she was aligned with toxic attraction with Gigi and with Mandy Rose. So for all we know, this could be her sort of, you know, trying to create her own faction or maybe just another tag team where she's being and guiding Thea Hale, who seems to be at a crossroads in her life right now. She really was passionate about Chase U and passionate about her career and her growth with Chase U. But now it just seems like everything's changed with that because she really is heartbroken over the idea that Andre Chase didn't believe in her. So now she's sort of, you know, taking her own journey along with JC Jane. And I really am intrigued by that. Andre in the comments saying, someone told me, told that Andre Chase, that he can't baby Thea and Duke forever. He can't baby them forever. That's the truth. And that's another issue that we've, that we've brought up on. Wow. Um, with coach Campanelli, she has a tendency to sort of focus on herself and not focus on the voices of Ariel Sky and Randy Rara. Like that's a, that's, it seems like a coach issue across the board between both of those shows. And I think maybe they just need to, you know, get themselves together in order to realize that their students need to be able to trust themselves in order to flourish. But I am definitely intrigued at Thea being with, um, hooking up with JC Jane. Like I'm very interested in that. Now this made me almost have a heart attack. <laughs> this right here, trick and mellow gang is in trouble and I don't like it. We can't, I can't deal with this. I can't, I can't, I can't. Trick and Mellow Gang, no, 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 no. <laughs> I just can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. Trick and Mellow Gang are in trouble because Carmelo is on a mission to prove that this asterisk that he keeps saying exists doesn't exist because, of course, he did just defeat Wesley last week in that historic man event. But he really wants a it's looking like he's gunning for a rematch with Ilya Dragunov right because Ilya 
you know, is holding on to the belief that he would have beat him if it wasn't for Trick Williams supposedly interfering on behalf of Carmelo, which he didn't do. That was literally an accident at the Great American Bash. Like, Trick just so happened to pull the title away and Ilya just ran into it. Like, that was an accident. So it's not like Trick was trying, you know, to do something negative, you know, to take away from the match. Like, that's not what was happening here. So. Carmelo keeps saying that he wants to take away from this asterisk that's on his career. Like he seemed, it really does seem to be bothering him and it seems to be taken away from his confidence a little bit. And because of that, him and Trick Williams had a confrontation in the locker room, which broke my heart because he was saying, look, like, I need you to know, like, I need to know if you believe in me, Trick. And Trick was on his way to saying, like, I don't just think you can. I know you can. But he didn't finish it because Carmelo stormed out because he thought Trick was not believing him anymore. And I was just like, ooh. When I watched it, it hurt me because I'm just like, no. Trick knows you can beat Ilya. He knows you can. And these seeds that are being planted to break up Trick and Melo gang after they said they wanted to just be okay with each other is hurting my soul. No. Trick and Mellow Gang cannot break up. I'm sorry. They're not allowed. They are not allowed to break up. We have seen them go through so much together. We've seen them rise to the top together. Now we're seeing Trick come into his own. And I just don't want them to break up through, through nefarious means. Why can't they just be like the New Day and just let each other just be great on their own and then come back together when the time is right? I don't want them to break up like this. It's just really heartbreaking. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. They are brothers, okay? They're happy and they're singing and they're, okay, I'm sorry. But still, they can't do that. <laughs> they can't do it. They can't do it. Trick and Mellow Gang needs to be forever, okay? For the sake of my health, for the sake of my health, they need to be forever. I'm I'm tired. Y'all aren't going to play with my emotions. No. Just no. Keep them together. Yes, Andre, give me a high five. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. But yeah, oh my God. Trick and Mellow Gang, y'all need to get it together. Because even on Twitter, Carmelo and Trick said that they were good and they're fine. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're not fine. You are not fine. If either one of you turns on each other and no mercy, I will just forget it and I'll just give up everything and I will just cry. Because y'all just not going to do this to me. Y'all not going to do this to me. You're just not, okay? And I'm going to need for Carmelo to find his confidence again because you always say, I'm him, I'm him. Well, be him. If you want to fight Ilya Dragunov and prove that you can be him, be him and fight, okay? Just fight him and just don't let that confidence like get in your head because that's the type of stuff that makes people lose. No, Carmelo, believe in yourself, okay? I know you can win. Trick knows you can win. We all know you can win. You got it, okay? You just got to believe in yourself, sir. All right, dang it. We're not going to do this. All right. Yeah, another thing I liked in wrestling this week was the fact that Brutus Creed tore, tore a steel cage door off the hinges. Yes, I said that. He tore a steel cage door off the hinges during the steel cage match between him and the diet between them and the diet because it was the creed brothers versus them and then 
they had to fight, you know, for their place in NXT to be able to come back. And this match was definitely a doozy. It was really good. The Creed brothers, both Brutus and Julius, were able to show that they really have what it takes to be on top in terms of wrestling. They are so good and they are so athletically gifted. Like, yo. There was one point where Julius had to fight on his own in the match and he hit like a DDT onto one of the members of the dyad and then and then he switched it into like a stunner thing and I was just like, yo. Yo. They're amazing. And then Brutus came back in the match and started throwing everybody around. All of the mass figures that was with the schism, he was just tossing them like they were just sacks of potatoes, just throwing them like rag dolls everywhere and then tore the door off the hinges. Like, what type of superhuman stuff is that? I would just lose it if I saw something like that. Yeah, go baby Brock. Exactly. He was going ham. And they wound up winning the match. And I'm glad they did because I did miss their presence in NXT. Um, So, yeah, I did miss them. And then Ivy Nile was there to celebrate with them and hug them and stuff like that. So I am glad that they're back on television because they deserve to be tag team champions at least 15 times over. But I'm not going to lie. I am enjoying Tony D'Angelo and Stax being champions. I am enjoying that. But if it come, when it comes to contenders, the Creed brothers are definitely great contenders. Like, they're amazing. So, big ups to them for that. Yeah, more pictures of them. <laughs> also, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I loved that Miss Tiffany Stratton was on Monday Night Raw, waving at everybody. Give us Tiffany versus Becky. Just give it to us. We deserve it. Another thing I liked with NXT, because NXT has just been popping off here lately. It's a great show. It's just the fact that the Street Profits popped up. You know, Montez and Angelo popped up on the show, dressed up in their suits or whatnot, looking like they probably will want to take a crack at those NXT titles again. But you just never know, because they've been getting it cracking on SmackDown. You know, they've been doing pretty amazing stuff with Bobby Lashley and all that. So they've been doing really good. And then just to see them standing with Carmelo, who was also in a suit, it was just amazing, like, suit game going on. Like, yes, Andre, the suit profits, exactly. Like, they've just had really great stuff going on, you know, with their suit game and all that. So it's just amazing. A lot of people think that maybe Carmelo might be getting ready to get called up and they might be a part of whatever collective that um, Bobby Lashley is putting together. Um, I'm not necessarily sure about that because Carmelo really is blazing a trail at NXT as a champion. But either way, this was just really good to see all of them together, you know, going crazy over each other's titles and everything. Like, it was fire. And I would be open to seeing Montez and um, Angelo on NXT again if that's something that they want to do. I'm perfectly okay with that. But I can't help but mention the fact that I want to see Carmelo versus Montez. I would just love to see a Carmelo versus Montez match because it's like ever since the match that Carmelo had with Wesley, I just want Carmelo to fight all of the black legends, all of the black legends. I just want to see him fight them. I want to see him fight Bobby. I want to see him fight Montez. Like I want to see him fight Kofi. Like I just want to see him fight all the black people. What? Like, I don't know what my problem is, but I just want to see Carmelo fight all of these people who I know could give him a good match and him versus Montez Ford 
would be something that that you could write home to your mom about. Like, it would be amazing, okay? But it was still good to see them. And, of course, Andre's saying, it's good to see Black men in suits like this. Yeah, it really is. It's always refreshing to see that. And now he's saying, I'm cooking. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I try to cook. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I just, I would just love to see them fight each other. But then I would, I, I also love the idea of them being united, of course. But I just want to see them fight. But it's okay. <laughs> we'll just ha- we'll just have to see where it goes. Um, yeah, I gotta get gully now. Um, Penelope Pink, the Wild World Champion, had my name in her mouth again. Because of course, as you know, I work for Women's Wrestling Talk as a host and as a writer. And I host the Wild Women of Wrestling after show that we have every Monday with Katrina Blake and Emily May Heller. And ever since Wild has started, I have been holding Miss Ma'am and the Fab Four accountable for their shenanigans and their actions because they cheat a lot. And it's just like, as a viewer, you have to call things as you see them, right? But ever since I've been doing that, Penelope Pink gets real active on social media. And she likes to talk about all of the problems that she has with the stuff that I say. So we have gotten together and we have had an interview. So if you haven't already checked out the interview that me and her had on Women's Wrestling Talk, please go check that out on YouTube. Like it's available. But recently in a vlog that TK Trinidad, our CEO, did going to a live WOW show, She actually mentioned me to Penelope. And Penelope said, Stephanie, keep talking, sister. And I was just like, now, number one, I know TK did that just for fun and for giggles. But I had to just come on and just talk about all of the reasons as to why Penelope Pink as a champion frustrates me because it just seems like she just acts like she acts like Roman Satan Thanos reigns. And the fact that we only see him ever so often. You're a champion, but yet we don't see you. It's really frustrating for WoW to be growing as much as it is, but yet and still you're the wild world champion and we barely see you on television. Like literally this week, this weekend, like tomorrow, she has a match versus princess Ozzy for the wild world title. And that'll be the first time she's been on wow in like forever. But you want to talk about how dominant of a champion you are with the fab four and all the other stuff, ma'am, you keep saying you're the best damn thing. Wow. Has ever seen. But how can you be the best damn thing WoW has ever seen if nobody gets to see you on the show that you're supposed to be representing as a champion? It just doesn't make any sense. And you want to come for me and tell me to keep talking. But what's so funny is I've been talking with my podcast for three years now. My podcast is three years old. I've been with Women's Wrestling Talk for a little bit over three years, too. So I've been talking for a while. And I'm probably not going to stop. And Miss Ma'am, like I said, if you want to get it cracking, you know exactly where I'm at and you know exactly what shows I'm on. I'm not scared of you. 
I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, 205, lit, okay? I may not be from Montgomery with the chairs, but I am from Birmingham, and we have different motives and different methods of getting people off of our backs, and I don't think you want to know what that is. But either way, I'm going to keep calling it like I see it. And if you have any shenanigans going on with your match against Princess Ozzy, who worked really hard to climb up the ladder to get that opportunity, I'm going to check you. And there is nothing you can do about it. But if there is something that you want to do about it, you know where I'm at. You know exactly where I'm at. I am not scared of you. But yeah, that happened last week too. So I just wanted to address it on my show because, child, people think they get a title and just think they can just run all over you. And baby, that is not what this is. That is not what this is ever going to be. But yeah, now we're moving past that. And payback is coming up this Saturday as well. So I'm going to give my quick little predictions for that. Um, I predict that Rhea Ripley is somehow going to retain the title, but the feud between her and Raquel will not be over by a long shot. I feel like I can't wait to see the both of these women really fight and just show each other you know, what they have in terms of power, but I do predict that Rhea is going to win because of course she's going to have her Dominic out there and you know, that's going to be trash. So I just feel like this is not going to end here at payback. It's going to keep going. So I predict that Rhea is going to retain, but Raquel is going to give her hell and I'm here for that. I also predict that Becky Lynch is going to win this steel cage match <laughs> against Trish Stratus because she just has a lot of momentum headed into, um, payback after beating zoe stark in the falls count anywhere and she has more experience in inside of you know cages and inside of extreme rules stuff like this so i really am ready to see becky you know hand trish stratus the butt whooping that she's been like really gunning for i'm really here for that so i'm predicting that becky is going to win this match and i hope that her that this match and the match with Rhea and raquel are given all the time in the world that the men are getting Period. Now for this match, LA Knight versus <laughs> LA Knight versus freaking The Miz. I'm predicting LA Knight is going to win just for the sole purpose of us being happy <laughs> because LA Knight is that guy. And I do have to give credit where credit is due. LA Knight gave a heck of an amazing promo. Um, the Friday after Bray's passing, because of course he was the last opponent that Bray Wyatt had. Um, like I mentioned before, and the promo that he cut on SmackDown last week was just absolute fire. And he showed that even in the most emotional of times that he can still deliver a promo that pays tribute to the person, to the life that was lost while also giving credence to the story that he's currently in and just melding those two together like that was amazing stuff la Knight really is that guy and he is not just a flash in a pan or a vanilla ice or a one-hit wonder like the miz keeps saying that he is and the miz is only bothered because he's he's mad i can tell you right now why the miz is mad the miz is mad because he's seeing la Knight, you know fly and get his things whereas the Miz really had to work hard to gain his get the type of respect that he is getting 
Because when you think about it, they sort of have the same trajectory when it comes to their rise in fame. Because before LA Knight was able to be who he is or be even Eli Drake, he had to work himself up throughout Hollywood in show business. This man was in commercials. This man was in TV shows. He was an extra in different things in WWE before he had his time. So he had to work his way through, you know, and he did all his work. Whereas The Miz, you know, nobody expected anything from him because he was on a reality show. Here again, in other means of fame, Hollywood, whatever. He was on a reality show and then he went on Tough Enough and did all that. And then he was sort of like the Ryan Seacrest guy before he truly fully locked in to be a wrestler. And it took a while for him to get the respect that he deserves. And I feel like that's really what is, what, what's wrong with him. He doesn't understand why people love him and gravitate to LA Knight so much when it took him working super, 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 super hard to get people to respect him. That's really what it is. But L.A. Knight is just that dude, okay? And you just can't question why people love him. So, yeah, L.A. Knight is going to win simply because we're just going to be happy about it. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this match, though, because this rivalry is has been cooking, and I love it. Then, of course, we have this tag team match. For the tag team titles, you have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Damian and Finn. And I'm going to tell you right now, Kevin and Sammy are going to win and Finn is going to be replaced. And that's all I have to say about that. Because I believe this match has a stipulation to it. If it's not Falls Count Anywhere, I think it's either No Holds Barred or something I don't remember right now. But either way, Kevin and Sammy are going to win and Finn is going to be the weakest link in the situation and he's going to get thrown out of Judgment Day. That's going to happen. Be ready for it. That's just how I feel. And, of course, we have the United States Championship match between Rey Mysterio and Austin Theory. I want Finn, well, not Finn, I need Rey to keep this title because it really is refreshing to see an OG like him who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame and who is very much still active, you know, have a championship on his shoulder. It's great. But I'm going to need for Austin Theory to give this United States Championship a break. He has been going after this title and winning the title and losing it so much that it's almost like, sir, it's almost like your identity. It's almost like a horcrux for Austin Theory. It's almost like if he doesn't have it, he's going to die. And I'm going to need for him to chill. (laughs) I need for him to chill and focus on something else besides that title. Like, do something else. Start mess with somebody else. Please do anything else besides go for this United States title because I am exhausted with it. Move on. Because quite honestly, I would love to see Ray versus Grayson Waller for the title or maybe even Ray versus Santos instead. Because even though Santos says he's okay with the fact that he's a champion because he couldn't fight because he was injured... I would still like a friendly competition thing between Ray and, you know, Santos. Again, I would like to see that and see what would happen, you know, with the title on the line. You know, would the brotherhood of the LWO go out the window? Like, how would that happen? But either way, Ray is going to retain and Austin needs to chill and stop treating the United States Championship like a horcrux. But yeah, that's just how I feel about payback. Of course, that's coming on um, on Saturday. And nothing makes me feel better than having wrestling come on 
on my birthday weekend. Like that's just something that I just feel like it's just low key personally made for me. I just love it. And of course I believe I will be hosting the after show on women's wrestling talk for that. So please be on the lookout for that. Um, it's going to be really cool stuff. I'm definitely here for it. I'm really excited about it. Um, so yeah, of course we've reached the end of our time together. Um, but of course, if you are looking for any person to be like your host, um, a writer, a color commentator, or even just a panelist, please book your girl. Email me at hardywrestlingpodcast at gmail.com. DM me on Twitter. Well, not Twitter, on X slash Twitter or on Instagram at Queen Steph Hardy, or just follow me there as well. Um, because I'm a pretty, I guess, entertaining follower um follow or whatever so please follow me there and just check me out and check any manner of work that I have done in the past like please check that out as well you know book me because I did just finish you know color commentating for well not color commentating play-by-play and color commentating for um Spartan Wrestling this past weekend I was happy to be there but of course you know I have other things I've done in the past as well so if you're looking for any spirited and passionate and fun commentary please book your girl book your girl book your girl because i love what i do and i'm building up my resume in commentary and i will not stop until somehow i am the first black woman to commentate a wrestling show whether it be wow impact or wwe i will not stop until of course you know I'm stopped somehow, but either way, just book your girl. Okay. And also if you want to, um, check me out on other things, like I said earlier, you can, Oh, I got to, yep. That happened. Um, <laughs> you can also buy my merchandise at foryourwear.com slash Hardy Wrestling Podcast. We will be doing a 10% off sale for Labor Day weekend. So please check me out there and buy my merchandise. Please get into the Alabama wrestling fighters. Um, merchandise that I have those t-shirts are available in red and black and the hoodies are available in red and black as well and it celebrates um icons in wrestling from the state of Alabama which is where I'm from like sensational Sherry and Teddy Long who were both born in Birmingham just like me um Kayla Braxton who is from another part of Alabama um I forgot the name of it but she's from another part of Alabama as well as Paul Bearer who's from Mobile um Deborah, who was a manager during the Attitude Era. She's from Tuscaloosa. And you have AQA there as well as Fuego del Sol. All these people are from Alabama. So if you want to represent the Hardy Wrestling Podcast and the spirit of Alabama wrestling, buy that merch and you can get it for 10% off on fouryourwear.com slash Hardy Wrestling Podcast for the Labor Day weekend. As well as purchase my Bold and the Bloodline t-shirts, as well as my Beyond Tez t-shirts that celebrates the love of Bianca and Montez, as well as the Bold and the Bloodline t-shirt that you can buy to celebrate the good times of the Bloodline before everything went to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> And of course, you can also catch me on Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet, on the Wow After Show with um, Katrina from NCAT We Trust and Emily May Heller, who you see everywhere, literally Emily be everywhere. Um, you can catch us on that show as well as me on the After Show for SmackDown with our editor-in-chief, Dreon Santana, on Friday nights after SmackDown. We don't cover Rampage anymore, but we still do SmackDown, so please be on the lookout for that. 
So in the meantime, in between time, thank you so much for watching The Hardy Wrestling Podcast, wherever you're watching. Continue to support the show by listening and watching on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, as well as listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts, you can catch me there. And of course, you can follow me, your girl Stephanie Hardy, at Queen Steph Hardy on Instagram, Twitter, and Threads. You can follow me there as well as follow the podcast, Instagram, and Twitter at Hardy Wrestling Podcast and at Hardy Wrestle Pod, as it says at the bottom of the screen. So, of course, thank you so much for supporting me and supporting the brand as I continue to grow in this wrestling business. And hopefully I can continue to be a safe space for people wanting to know what's going on in wrestling, whether you're the biggest, biggest fan or you're just a casual fan trying to get back into it, or if you're just someone who sort of fell off a bit but then wants to come back, you know, this is a good place for you. So until next time, this has been The Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl, Stephanie Hardy. And until next time, bye, y'all.